that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruning. Joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. Today we are joined by North Texas women's basketball head coach Jason Burton. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm great. Great. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, this has been this is really interesting for us because like I said, like I told you before we started, we've been doing this now for like three years. And so we got to see y'all uh, at AM Commerce kind of rise up to Division One. And we'll we'll get into that as well. But just I didn't know it was nine years as the head coach at AM Commerce. I didn't know it was that long. Um, so I guess we could start there. Yeah. What was, I mean, I guess that's a lot of time to kind of encapsulate, but just what was that run like for you and to put together that type of success at that program? I did not plan on being there for nine years. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, the young me, I was, I was like, man, let's, let me get in there, win and get out. And, um, yeah. you know, two months, you know, Everybody has their plan, and God has his own plans. But um, two two months onto the job, uh, when I first got there, my two captains passed away in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely made me change my focus, and from a, from a me to a to a we, and and um, uh, it wasn't about me and what my career goals were. It was about our team, and 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 the the fifteen twenty five way was birthed from there. Um, Devin Devin Oliver and Aubrey Butts wore fifteen and, and number twenty five, and so we created the fifteen twenty five way, and. Um, just how our, our program was going to be, how the individuals in our program was going to be. And it turned into something special, man. For for nine years, we were able to build it and, and got all the way up to number one in the country um, at the Division two level. And then had a really special run, too, last year. You know, our first year Division one. I, I know our non-conference schedule was just – it was what it was because of, of having a schedule late and, and couldn't get any home games, all that. But once we got into conference play, I thought that, that we played really, really well. Uh, we just were riddled with injuries. And, and if you watch closely, man, our best shooter got hurt the sixth game of the yeah. year, Jada Hood. Mm-hmm. We had um, two starters that that uh, had graduated and left the team, uh, our starting center and our point guard at the time. And then, you know, Deonte Robinson, who was the leading scorer, was she was still carrying us, her and Desiree Colonel. And uh, then Des- – or not Desiree, Deonte tears her ACL the, the fifth game of conference. And, and we were 5-0 and at the time when she tore her ACL in conference play. And so – you know, if she doesn't tear her her uh, ACL and we, you know, have a shooter or one or two more players, the, the story is probably a little bit different from last year. But still had a, a great run, uh, had a really great tournament run with only nine players in the tournament and and um, just came up, you know, one bucket short of going to the conference championship game. Yeah, when, you know, I, I was keeping track of you loosely when you were at what, Commerce and I remember that 2019-2020 season uh, where you guys probably could have made a deep run, you know, but if not for the – the, the tournament getting canceled. Um, of course, you win Coach of the Year that year in the Lone Star Conference. You know what? What did that kind of that kind of run at Commerce do? Do you? Th- I mean, obviously you're at UNT now, but we know kind of personally. What do you think it did for you as not only setting yourself up to for Commerce to not only take the next step, but also you taking the next step as a head coach? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that if, if COVID didn't happen, I probably was gone after that year. Uh, I already had different calls, and but I mm-hmm. think, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, uh, had a lot more growing to do as, as a head coach and, and um, just as a person. And I, I think that, that those next three years, you know, um, I developed even more as a coach and um, developed more relationships. Uh, I think that that first year of just coaching Division One, it needed to happen. You know, I was a Division One assistant coach at Texas State on the men's side, uh, but it's a whole different different uh, beast being a head coach um, at the Division One level and and learning the ropes and and not just the X and O's, but everything behind the scenes. And and then you know the the landscape of college basketball over the last three years since that nineteen twenty season change you start talking about nil and you start talking about the transfer portal more and and just it's a different game than it was in 1920 but i definitely think uh ex- this just being in that season and and going from five and oh to ten and oh to 15 and oh we got all the way up to 25 and oh mm-hmm. uh 26 and oh and uh or 25 and oh right and it's just a special year and and then you know that that right there allowed me to know that anything's possible and that team was a different team than I'm used to, to coaching. Like we, we talk about playing fast and, and we really want to score the ball, but that was by far my best defensive team I've ever coached. Every, every player on the team with the exception of probably two were better defenders than they were offensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that team was just connected defensively and, and uh, was a special, special unit. And I wish that, that, uh, you know, COVID didn't happen so we could see what happened in that postseason tournament. But sure. You know, uh, that, I'm sure a lot of people are saying that same thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of mentioned uh, how important last year was in, in learning, you know, the D1 level, just what it takes. Um, just what were some of those moments or, I guess, examples of what it the main difference is? Because obviously you were at the same program taking that jump. Uh, just what were some of the things that stood out to you as far as that the jump from D2 to D1? Well, I think for me, it was we knew that we were one of the best teams in the country at the Division Two level. And we always felt like we could compete at the Division One level. But then it's different when you actually have to do it and you have to do it that first 12 games consistently on the road. And, and um, uh, that first semester was really just building conference and confidence and, and just telling ourselves that we belong to be here. And I mm. think that once we played at Mississippi State and played at Texas and played a close game against Boise State, we had New Mexico on the ropes at home. Like there was a lot of games that we should have won, but I think we started the game out just with that mentality like, Hey, we're playing New Mexico. Hey, we're playing Mississippi State. Um, and then once we settled in, it, it, it we played basketball and we played high-level basketball. And so uh, I think you notice that shift once conference play hit that you know we we belong here. This is where we we should be. Um, and then once we got that first conference win, it was just a domino effect, right? And so um, as a coach, you learn too, like the X and O's aren't aren't basketball's basketball. The X and O's are the same. Um, and we had caliber players that were that were good enough to compete and win in those games. And so um, I think that we've always prepared at a high level. Um, and, and I think we've always done things at a championship level. And, and it just showed that, you know, based on our run and conference play that that, you know, we were where we were supposed to be. And so I'm glad that we made that transition to Division One, and then, you know, we're making this this transition here and trying to change the culture here. And and the first thing that that uh, you know I wanted to do was was get the staff in place. And man, I, I have an incredible staff that's only allowed us to uh, really hit the ground running with with recruiting, with with changing. I think just the mentality of the players that are already on this roster, 
Um, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be a process here as well. But uh, I think we got the right pieces in place. Yeah. What was it about UNT specifically? Because you said you've had calls before. You know, I'm assuming I can pr- presume that you had you had some type of D1 call before, um, maybe some opportunities to, to move on. I remember when the na- the the hire came out, I was kind of throwing your name out as like, or when, when, sorry, when the job came open, I was kind of throwing your name out. I didn't think they would necessarily make the call this year because people would look at the record and be like, ah, what happened in that first year? But I knew kind of what you had done in D2. And then I knew the injuries that you guys have had this year um, and still being able to make the run that you guys did in conference USA or the Southland, sorry. Um, And so I was a fan of the hire initially, but for you, when they, when you got the call and it became clear, like, okay, they're interested, you know, what kind of like, what kind of sparked your your? Because if I'm not mistaken, you're a lifer at Commerce. Am I correct? Graduate, coach, all that stuff. I went to grad school there. I did not go to undergrad okay, there. Okay. Uh, okay. But I started my career at Commerce on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, left for three years, two at Texas State on the men's side. One as a high school head coach, uh, and then came back as the women's head coach at AM Commerce. So mm-hmm. majority of my life, you know, almost yeah. 15 years at AM Commerce uh, between the men's and women's side. But, um, you know, for me, family's always been been a huge thing for me. And, mm-hmm. and I went to Plano East, so I'm from the area. Spent a lot of time in the Metroplex and built a lot of relationships in the Metroplex. But I got two young kids. And so, you know, for, for me to be a successful head coach, um, my village is important. And so mm-hmm. um, for us to leave the DFW area, it was going to have to be a special, special job. And nothing um, – you know, we talked to – probably interviewed – and was a finalist for five or six jobs, turned down two. Um, but nothing felt right. You know, even mm-hmm. the ones that, that uh, I was interviewing for, nothing felt right. Um, and I told my boss, you know, my last my last AD, Tim McMurray, we had a great relationship. And he knew there was there was four schools that I would probably, it was a no-brainer I was going to leave a and Commerce for. Mm-hmm. And at the top of that list was North Texas um, for several reasons. One, it's just, I think this is a place that, it can it can really blossom. You can win here, and it's evident what the men did, man. The NIT run that they had, Grant McCaslin, um, Coach Hodge, who's now our, our men's head coach, Tyler mm-hmm. Perry, what he did, um, man. My, I sorry, I got that motion. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm in my office, and I don't stand yeah. up. Hold on, I'm sorry. Cut it's the lights off on you. <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, probably the first of an interview, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. But the, the leadership here was important. Who, are, yeah. who, who is leading our program as far as the athletic program? Who's leading the university? Uh, there had to be alignment. I've had just great presidents at Commerce. I've had great ADs at Commerce. And that was, that was important and the location was important. Um, just the ability to win. And I know that here we've got a great AD in Jared Mosley. We've got a great president. Um, it's ripe to win. And, and I'm able to stay at home and, and have my village. And so everything aligned for me. Um, one other special thing that I don't even talk about that much, but you know, Sam Walker, having been somebody that I I coached at AM Commerce on the men's side, mm. and so I was able to work alongside with my mentor, Sam Walker at AM Commerce, and then the guy that replaced him, Jared von Rosenberg, is somebody I've known my entire life, and then to have that same alignment here. I've known Ross Hodge since I was 21, uh, the men's mm. head coach. My brother worked for him at Paris Junior College. Um, I was with him last summer on my brother's 40th birthday. Like it, I, I'm here with family and, and Johnny Estelle, who's um, on the men's staff as well, was a, a Lone Star Conference guy at AM Kingsville. And so there's just so much alignment, man, and, and um, uh, so much synergy here for me. It was a no brainer. 
And then uh, you're able to bring uh, Danny Robinson and Desiree Colonel with you over to North, to North Texas. That's about, you know, two players that have four years of experience with you. And then, um, I mean, you put their points together. That's about 30 points per game. Uh, just what, what did those two bring and how important was it to get pl- a couple players over from Commerce to help you, you know, start things up over there? Uh, well, for me, I, we, we wanted to get winners for sure. And we wanted to get some difference makers right away. And, and those were two difference makers that know me, that know how we want to play. Um, and they've been great. You know, Deani is still recovering from uh, her injury, uh, but she, she's on track and is, is doing really, really well, really, really well. Um, and Desiree Colonel kind of hit the ground here running, um, kind of how where she picked up. And I think that, you know, the injury to Deani Robinson last year allowed Desiree Colonel to step into a role in which she never really had the opportunity to do before because of Deani and her just dominant scoring the ball. But uh, Desiree really emerged as our leader, our scorer, our everything. I mean, she was she was top two in points, steals, rebounds, assists. She did it all for us down the stretch, played one through five, and that really grew her leadership. And she's do- done that since she's got here. Uh, every practice, um, she's the loudest one. She's talking. And I think that just her being here and her leading when Deani comes back, it's going to be something special, but I think that uh, Deon- or Desiree's done just a great job sparking some of the players that are already here. You know, uh, Tamisha Lampkin, Misha, uh, she is special. She's a special post. She, she, her leadership uh, has grown, and Jocelyn Moore is playing really well. It's another Southland Conference player who uh, is emerging as somebody that's going to be very special to us. And we, we got a lot of really good pieces that are here. I know we lost – People will look at us and say that we lost Quincy Noble, and she was, she was special. There, there's no doubt she's a special talent, special scorer, uh, second all-time leading scorer in our school's history. Uh, but to bring in those two pieces from Commerce and, and to see the way some of our players are stepping up and also some other key transfers that we brought in this year, um, I feel really good about where our program's headed. Yeah. When you, you know, you mentioned Jocelyn Moore, and I do want to mention her and uh, to me, players like Tamisha Lampkin and Aya Johnson, who, who were there before, you know, what was it like kind of, you know, kind of re-recruiting them, you know, to, to be on your roster, but as well with somebody like Jocelyn Moore, who kind of struggled when she took the next step to, to come to North Texas last year, um, you know, how, what's kind of been the process with, with her, but also recruiting those three to kind of main, stay there? I mean, fortunately for me, I, there, there wasn't really a recruitment process. We, we had a conversation that they want to be here. They've, they've been wanting to be here. Um, you know, I think all three of them for different reasons, right, want to be here. But um, with Jocelyn, I, I think the more you, like, are with her day to day, she's just always been somebody that's so offensive-minded. And that, that's mm-hmm. been, kind of been her thing. Like, you watched her back at Incarnate Word. She yeah. was a scorer. Yeah. And so in practice, like she she would miss a shot early on. I'm talking about like the first month I was here, first weeks, she would miss a shot. And she would just get down on herself. And she I don't think she realized how good of a just basketball player she is. She's always viewed herself as as just a scorer. And so when the ball was not going in the basket, um, I think that she that allowed other areas of her, of her game to kind of um, not be as great. But but she is really emerging uh, as somebody that can play both sides of the ball. Uh, and I think her confidence is growing in that because she doesn't have to score to to be effective for us. I mean, she is she's a high IQ player uh, that is able to get stops. She can rebound the ball. She's really a good rebounder. When she when she sets her mind to it, she's a good rebounder. And overall, she's just a competitor. She wants to win. And I mm-hmm. think that um, um, things that we're doing, I, I give my staff a lot of credit. Like they, 
staff's incredible. And we've been able to add a couple more coaches with some of the rule changes, add some more coaches to our staff. But our staff has done a really good job, not just with with those three players, but with our entire team of, of, I think, bringing out the best in them. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in what it's like for for any head coach that's stepping into a position, a new a new job of learning, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of basically an entire roster of the transfers you get, the returning players Um, is I mean, after being at a place for nine years, you know, having to relearn or learn some players that you didn't, you know, recruit initially and stuff like that. And you bring up Jacqueline Moore as one example. But what have those, you know, what has that time been like for you, I guess, with, I guess, even like a Tamisha Lampkin, seeing what she can do, can't do, watching her tape, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what has that been like? Man, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly playing catch up right now because there's so many areas you want to be great at, right? Like you want to evaluate the conference. You want to evaluate, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, you, you want to, learn donors and you you want to yeah. get ahead in recruiting the 24s the 25s the 26s but the the most important thing is who's currently here and that was you know when I talked to Jerry Mosley my AD he asked me two questions he asked me my thoughts on the roster and he asked me who I would hire those are the main two things we talked about mm-hmm. um and I'd already watched the film and I I saw the potential of Anaya Johnson and and Misha, and you look at stats on some on those two, and, and you see, and then they had some young guards. There were some guards that hadn't played yet. Um, Desiree Wooten, I mean, she didn't play last year. She's special. Uh, Jocelyn Hartfield didn't play last year. She's special. Uh, those those two are coming back from injuries. But then the two freshman point guards that we did have, and Ariana Hardaway and Bree Davis, uh, they're young but have potential there. And so we've – like, that was the thing we had to do was, one, evaluate what we see on film, but then, two – you see what they're made of in practice and, and and you really don't see what they're made of until you start putting them a little adversity and, and making things tough. And and that's what this summer was about for us was kind of creating some adversity and seeing how people respond. Um, Cause everything's great. Right. In that honeymoon phase, when I first get there and we're kind of doing some things and everybody's trying to put their best foot forward, but then you start making some things tough in the summertime. And, and I think our team has responded really, really well. Um, obviously it's still trying to, we've had a lot of one-on-one meetings, um, just with with our staff, Brittany Brown, who came over from from TCU, uh, along with Leah Foster, who came over with TCU, have both have a leadership program that we've we've been putting our team through, um, and that's required some one on one meetings. And in those meetings, we're just getting to know why or, or what makes each player tick. Um, and everything's different, man. And I think the more we've gotten a chance to get to know them um, and them get to know us, uh, the the easier it is to coach these players and 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 bring out the best in them. And so that's been a process. It's been a it's been a uh, day in and day out grind and, and them learn how to be consistent because we've challenged them every day, but it's been a, it's been a good process. My next question was actually over uh, Brittany Brown. You mentioned her. She was one of my favorite assistant coaches, rising assistant coaches over the last couple of years. And, you know, what was the process of like identifying that she was somebody you wanted to bring on and just what was the conversation with, uh, with her? Like uh, I've always, I've known Brittany for a while, probably ever since I've, I've, um, transition to the women's side and, and mm-hmm. Leah Foster I'm, I've really been really good friends with for for years um, and that process it just things kind of align when when the TCU staff got let go and mm-hmm. I knew they were available one that that made it easier you know right. I probably didn't happen if, if they're still at TCU but um, we have a, a lot of alignment when it comes to what we value uh, we're both big family, family people her her brother probably lives 30 minutes away from North Texas. Um, so I, you got to pull on those heartstrings a little bit. Close. <laughs> yep. um, 
But I think the alignment just and what we value, I think you get to a place in your career that, uh, you know, she's been all over the place. She's, she's coaching the big 10. She's coaching the big 12. Um, she's, she's coaching the final four at some point in your career, you start, you start figuring out what it is that, that you really want next for you. And if it's, you know, she's somebody that, that is a head coach that will be a head coach very soon. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, what's important to her at this stage in her life, I think our, our, our family and, and working with people, not working for somebody, but working with people that align and, and similar values. And, and I think that, that I know her value, um, let her coach and let her do her thing. And, and she's able to have a huge impact into what we do every day. And, and she's a part of all the decisions that we make. Um, and I think she feels like it's, it's we and not, not a, not a me, not me running this deal. Um, and so for me, it was a no brainer because you start looking at what, what all she's done, who she is. She's, she is such a, she was such a special player, mm-hmm. but her offensive mind and really just her basketball mind is, is incredible. And then you start work, looking at like the work ethic. She, she's like me. She's always thinking about basketball. I, it'll be 11 o'clock at night and I get some sent on Twitter and it's a, it's a, it's a clip from some basketball clip. Hey, we need to run this action. Uh, and so, um, there was a lot of alignment there and it was easy. It was more just, uh, she made, I think she knew she was going to come and she made me sweat a little bit. And so I had to recruit her, but she was the first, first, uh, five-star recruit that I was able to, to, to get to come to North Texas. I said, she wanted to make you work. To, to get over um, I, I am curious, uh, for you going from obviously Lone Star to the Southland and now going to the American where, you know, like, like you said, you have a lot of other priorities right now before getting to, you know, scouting the, the American per se. But just in general, what is that like for you as far as excitement level goes to be like, all right, we're taking this type of jump up. Um, obviously, you have the players to do it now. But then for you to be on that ki- type of stage with this program uh, moving forward. Yeah, well, I had firsthand experience with the American Conference the last few years. Played Houston twice, played yeah. SMU twice. Um, and both those, both, you know, Coach Huey, who's now in the Big 12 at Houston, and, and then um, Coach Wilson are both really good friends um, and, and people I've talked to throughout my entire career, right? Yeah. Um, but you said it, like, it's – it's. I am making the jump as a coach, but also uh, this university overall is making the jump to the American. And so um, they know that it's a jump and that they're also – they also know that we have to put in resources to do that, and that, that's the one thing that – Another reason why I was attracted to this job because there, it's a university and an administration that is willing and wants to be in that top three in the American as far as resources and so and have a plan in place to do so. And so, when with a university that's you know providing the things that we need to be successful, you know that's going to allow us to have success in the American Conference and allow us to recruit the players that we need to be able to recruit to win in that league. You know, it's it's you're right, like it's a different set of players that we have here at, at North Texas and I had at commerce and, and was able to bring two of the better players from commerce over, but uh, the athleticism, the things that we are already have in place yeah. here um, and then the budget to be able to go and recruit some, some high level players, man, I'm so excited about the transfers that we got. Um, also the freshmen that we got, I don't know if you guys have seen our, fre- our five, nine freshmen that's dunking the ball. Oh, I know she did Brackens. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she was already signed, but but that was probably the the you know talk about re-recruiting. That was probably the first one that I had to get on the phone with and, and talk to. And I I really hadn't um, seen her play a whole lot prior mm-hmm. to um, you know getting this job. But but 
she's just been a treat every day. She's the only freshman on our roster currently, and she's not playing like that. You know, she she's she's definitely not. She's definitely the most athletic player on our team. Yeah. But she's she's uh, hungry, and I, I love that. But then you look at um, Sham, uh, Shamara Duncan, who transferred mm-hmm. from Wichita State, played in the American. To, for us, that was a priority. She became when she was available. She became the number one priority for us because she already has that American experience. And you talk about wanting to win in the American, well, get somebody that's already done that, right? Like mm-hmm. she had a lot of success in the American at Wichita State, played 28 games last year at Wichita State. I mean, started 28 games at Wichita State and um, has been in college for three years and has two more left to play. She's going to be a huge difference maker for us. And then we got Sophie Ben from, from Moorhead State, another big to, to kind of solidify our front court. Man, I'm so excited about our front court. I think we have a lot of versatility. And our front court with, you know, Anaya Johnson and, and Misha Lampkin coming back. We had Jalen Mallard, who didn't play last year. But if you watched her the year before and watched yeah. what she did at South Alabama, I mean, she is special. And then you add Desiree Colonel to that mix. And mm-hmm. then Sophie Ben. like, we our, our front court is very versatile. And I'm very excited about just, one, the experience in our front court. Um, but those are all things that are going to help us be successful in the American. Yeah. Uh, last question from me, you know, your non-conference schedule just dropped and the, the game that stood out to me was versus your boy, Leonard Bishop, uh, SFA. Yeah. What, you know, uh, you know, what's, what was it like, first of all, to see him get that SFA job? You know, one of the best mid-majors in, in, in my opinion, in Texas. Um, but also, you know, get looking forward to, to playing against him. If I'm in full transparency, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be the next head coach of SFA. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. For me, like everything w- was lining up. I, I figured sure. that Bishop would be the associate head coach at whatever Power Five school that that Mark Kellogg went to, and I'm talking about over the last three years. Just knowing, sure. knowing Ryan Ivy, Ryan Ivy's who hired me, the AD mm-hmm. at SFA is who hired me at, at AM Commerce. So that's why I said that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, that mm-hmm. was there was a clear path to that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And um, but but look at the alignment or, or, or the timing of everything. I was blessed and fortunate to get my dream job. I'm sitting here in my dream job. Um, and then when SFA opened up, I was able to talk to, to Ryan Ivy for two hours. And that was a big decision for him because I know he felt a lot of pressure to hire a big name for the SFA sure. job. And, and, um, but what he did was he made a historic hire by hiring the first black coach in SFA history. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's, a, a, a powerful thing. It's a big thing. And, and there's not a more deserving guy than Lynn Bishop Jr. Lynn Bishop is is a winner. I've known him from high school. His dad is I mean, legendary high school coach from Lincoln High School, Coach Chris Bosch, 40-0 national champions that year, um, and just a, just a basketball mind, does things the right way. He's, he's going to win there. Um, that game was already scheduled. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, I don't know if that game is going to happen in year one. At least not. <laughs> Can we get the home game? But we will go to SFA. It's going to be a great game. I also get a chance to – and I don't know if you guys know this, but Lynn Bishop, I was with him twice. Uh, I coached Lynn Bishop in college as well. So my first okay. year at AM Commerce was his last year as a player. Gotcha. At AM Commerce. And then my last year coached on the men's side at AM Commerce, he joined the staff as an mm. assistant coach. And then when I first got the women's job at AM Commerce, he was on my staff as an assistant coach. Right. Um, and then also I get to coach my a coach against my longtime uh, associate head coach, Marquita Brown, who's over at Oklahoma Christian. Mm. Head coach, we have an exhibition with them. So excited about the schedule. You know, we yep. got some got some tough ones. The, the at Montana State is is not going to be an ideal game, but that's that's mm. going to be a tough one. Um, obviously, the one that stands out to everybody is the at A and M. Sure, uh, the third game of the year. 
but it's a it's a it's a schedule that allows us to get tested, um, get to some good some good home games, and and then you know, hopefully we can hit the ground running right after Christmas with American Conference play. Yeah, so we we can pencil in uh, North Texas versus SFA the next ten years. <laughs> Just there you go. Uh, that'll lead that'll lead our show every time. I promise you that. Um. Well, all right, Coach. Well, we'll get you out of here before your lights go out again. We'll, we'll, <laughs> you've been you've been staying staying still too long. I don't know. I know, man. I've I've been thinking about it like the last five minutes. Like I hope the lights don't go off. <laughs> go back. <down. laughs> but uh. Yeah, right. You gotta get that fixed. Yeah, get our stationary. I'll tell you, I don't, I don't ever sit at my desk. I have a couch in my office over here in front of the TV, and I'm always so on my couch. There's no walking over there. I'm like, let me get some type of background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not on the couch. You're not, you're not doing yeah. the interview on the couch. That's smart. That'd also be a first. That would have been a first if you were just chilling on the couch during the whole interview. <laughs> I should have did that. Not yeah. even like on the couch facing forward. He's like laying down. Right, right, right. right. By the way. Hey, what's up guys there i got go. you guys next time we'll set it up <laughs> there we go good. we'll set it up we'll set it up all right coach uh thanks for joining us um this has been a lot of fun uh we'll definitely look to have you on again man when uh anytime i can get north texas coach on here i, I do it it's just like come on we've had enough north texas guys i'm like no you gotta <laughs> you gotta get the mayor ross hodge on here man he's He's I was about to say, I'm surprised you haven't reached out to Ross. Huh? We're gonna get Ross. We gotta get closer to the year. I just had him. He's a busy man, you know. Busy man. <laughs> Ross. Ross is always locked in on something. He's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coach, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate sure. it, coach.